0: Uh, I just want to say welcome to you if you're new or visiting with us. My name is Chris, I'm one of the teachers here, and, and I'm honored to be with you today and really excited as we're starting a new series uh, on love. And I want to start out by asking you a question. Uh, what are some of the things that you love most in life? I mean, just think about this in your head. I think for many of us it's pretty easy. Uh, most of us love, would say we love our families, right? We love, maybe it's our spouse. Uh, if, for those of us who have kids, we have this deep kind of intentional love for our kids and, and uh, maybe for for you youngsters in here, it's that you love your parents every once in a while, right, when they're uh, <laughs> when they're giving you what they need or whatnot, and, and so, uh, you know, for, for many of us, maybe we're animal lovers. Anybody here animal lovers? Like, you have a, yeah, so I have, I have three dogs. Well, I have one dog. He's a real dog, and then we have two, what we'll call rats. They're like little Maltese Yorkie mixes, and they go to the bathroom wherever they want. They're not really dogs, in my opinion, but we love our animals, right? We care about them. You know, maybe it's that you love to travel, or you love your free time, or uh, you you love a hobby. I, I love golf. I'm not really good at it, um, but I still love it. I love football. Anybody in here love football, right? Uh, anybody's team in the Super Bowl? Good, mine either. So, let's, uh, so we can all say that we hate everybody, but we're still going to watch the Super Bowl because we love it, right? There are just so many things in this world, in our lives that we love. And when we think about this word love, it's really kind of an important word for us, isn't it? It's a word that we use to describe so many things. But what's happened over time is sadly this word for love uh, has been uh, maybe decentralized. It's, it's had a, a bad idea uh, about what it really is. You know, many of us think that love is based on feelings and emotions and, and these things can come and go and they can be shifted and manipulated. Uh, we have this wrong understanding Of love. And so it really kind of poses the question, I think, uh, what is love really? You know, when you begin to think about it, what is love? You know, is it just this word that we conjure up feelings? Is it just something that comes and goes? Or is there a greater love? Is there a greater love that we can experience? Is there a a greater love that we can begin to understand? Is there a a love that really surpasses everything that we know about this idea of love. And, you know, we're going to be digging into that here in this series. And, and uh, one thing that I think is really cool, when it comes to the English language, this word love, we have one word for it. And it's expressed, again, in so many different things. But when we come to the Bible, uh, the Bible is uh, translated in, in so many different languages. We have it in English, but originally it was done in Hebrew and in Greek. And when we come to those languages, specifically in the Greek language, uh, we have actually four words For our one word for the word love. And so in this series, what we're going to be doing is, is we're going to be taking a look at three of them specifically, and each one of these words has a different meaning for different relationships, different experiences, different kinds of, of feelings, and so we're going to dig into uh, each of those in the next few weeks. So uh, just to give you kind of a, uh, an elevator view of what we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about uh, what's called a philia love, or a philea love, and this is a friendship kind of love, it's a brotherly love. Many of you have heard of philadelphia. Philadelphia, right. This root word, Philadelphia, is the city of brotherly love. Uh, We're going to be talking about eros love, and eros love is a passionate, sensual kind of love. It's a love that's meant to be experienced in relationship between husband and wife, man and woman, for those who are are married. And again, sadly, if we think about that form of love, we know that it's been really manipulated over time, right? It's been shifted and shaped by what culture thinks. And so we're going to talk about that next week when we come on Valentine's Day. So bring your significant other and make sure you get them a dozen roses and some chocolates before you come. We're going to talk about that. And then today, specifically, we're going to start off with what we call and understand as agape love. And the reason why we're starting with this specific type of love is because this is really the most important form of love. So when we come to understanding love in the Bible, specifically in the New Testament, agape love is really the highest form of love. And we have to have a good foundation, a good understanding of this love in order for us to experience all of the other loves, And so we're going to dig in that, into that today. Uh, before we do, would you pray with me? Father, we ask that you would um, just help us to understand your love for us. God, an unconditional, self-sacrificial love that, that surpasses uh, anything that we could do or be. God, that you love us so much. In fact, you love us so much that you stopped at nothing to be in relationship with us. And so God, I pray today as we dig into your word and as we see this love on display, God, would it change us? Would it impact our lives? Would it impact our hearts? Would it change our understanding of relationship, our relationship with you and relationship with others? But God, most importantly, would you open up our hearts to receive from your word today. We welcome you in this place through the power of your Holy Spirit and through your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so if you're taking notes with us, the first thing we're going to do today is we're going to look at kind of a definition of what agape love is. And so agape love is a self-sacrificial, unconditional kind of love. And so when we come to this understanding of love, really we need to understand that this love originated from God. So if you get into the Bible and you know anything about God, we know that God is the creator of all things, right? He's the creator of heaven and of earth, everything that we have in this land. He's creator of relationships. He's creator of feelings. And so we know that this kind of love is originated with God. In fact, we read about it in John, 1 John 4.8. It simply says that God is love, and so, when we come to the agape love, we, we know that it's who God is. It's in His nature, it's in His character, it's in His core. Everything that God does is formulated because of His love for us, His agape love for us. But when we come to this word, it's not just saying that God is a loving God or a God that has feelings of love for His people. What this is saying is that regardless of condition, regardless of who we are, regardless of what we have done, God is permeating with love. Everything that God does is centered around this agape kind of love. And so it's important that we don't look at this from what culture would think of love, right? This kind of mushy, uh, feeling-based kind of love, a love that is dependent on a feeling, a a love that can be skewed or manipulated by things that happen. No, this is everything is based. God is love at his core. It's who he is. It's what he does. And everything is based upon his unconditional, self-sacrificial love for his people, God created us with this love and understanding. And so when we try to answer the question, what is love really? Well, we can see that this love, is an, it's just that, it's unconditional. It has no strings attached. It has no limits. It has no bounds. It has no conditions. It, basically, it's saying that it's just love. It's who God is. It's hard for us to to wrap our minds around because in culture we think, well, we have to do something to experience it or we have to be someone to experience this kind of love. Regardless of what we have done, who we are, God loves us. And so when we have this understanding of that love, we can then come to passages like 1 Corinthians 13. So those of you who have maybe been in church or you've been to a wedding or you've had a, you know, under, talks about love, you know that this is kind of the, the book of love or the verse or the chapter of love in the Bible. And it's found in 1 Corinthians 13. And with a foundation of knowing what agape love is, we can then get a definition of it from God's word. It says this in chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. It says, love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it's not proud, it doesn't dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrongs, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Now, when we come to this definition of love, and we think about love in our understanding, in our culture, does it really line up to this? I mean, let's just think about this for a minute. I think about my, my, my wife and kids. Like, I can sit here and tell you, I mean, that I genuinely love my wife and my kids with everything I have. But I will tell you more often than not, it's not patient. Amen? <laughs> right? It's, it's probably a little bit less patient than it is ever patient. And we think about these kinds of things, and, and you know, most of our relationships, we might give love, but we're going to expect something in return, right? If we're in a relationship, I might give you a feeling of love, or I might give you some trust, but I'm in expectation of that love to be reciprocated. But you see, when we come to this understanding of love, a biblical understanding of God's love, and then with the foundation of agape, it's far different than what our culture understands it to be. Right, which is completely selfless. It's very patient. It's all of these things. And so when we come to that, we need to understand, you know, that we fall very short of this standard of love. Now just think about this for just a moment in, in our relationships. Let's, I mean, for those of you who are married, let's think about agape love in, in our marriages. I mean, if we practice this kind of love, agape love, self-sacrificial, unconditional love, you know, it wouldn't be 50 to 60% of our marriages ending in divorce, would it? It would actually be, you know, our marriage is thriving. Our marriage is being the center of everything that we do. We would be best friends with our in-laws if we had this kind of love, right? Like we would, I know, we're laughing. We all struggle a little bit. I love my in-laws. I love my mother-in-law so much. I mean, think about this. Our kids would obey the first time, right? Our kids would listen because they have practicing love. We would have less strife in the world if we had this kind of love. And let's just take this a step further. I mean, think about this. If we all perfectly agape loved God, I mean, our churches would be full. Our small groups would be full. We would all be in a mentoring discipleship relationship. We would long to mentor and disciple our wives, our spouses, our kids. You know, we, would, uh, we wouldn't be reluctant to give financially because we would understand that everything that we have is God's, right? And, and he's blessed us with that. And it's our responsibility to give back. You know, we wouldn't have fear and doubt and worry and anxiety because we would trust that God loves us. But you see, again, we have this shifted, shaped understanding of love, and God wants us to understand agape love. You know, maybe you've kind of felt this way where it's like, man, I just don't know if God loves me. Maybe I've fallen short of that kind of love in my relationships. Definitely I've fallen short of that love in my relationship with God. How could he possibly love me, right? Well, here's the beauty about agape love. Agape love isn't dependent on who we are, what we could ever be, what we could ever do, both good and bad. None of it is dependent on that. Agape love is dependent on God. It's a divine love. It's a love that he gives us freely, regardless of who we are or what we've done. That is so powerful. You see, we think of love as shifting shaped things. This is a love that is unconditional, unshaped. It's who God is for us. So with that understanding, we can then say, okay, well then, how do we see that love displayed for us? Well, I believe very clearly the way that we see God's agape love displayed for us is through Jesus Christ, through his life, his death, and most importantly, his resurrection. And so Jesus' death on the cross is a demonstration of self-sacrificial agape kind of love. You know, I remember when I was just a a new, new Christian, Um, God had radically transformed my life I was a broken kid I was an angry kid I was a runaway I was a drug addict I mean I I just I was in the world I lived a very very difficult life and I was looking for love in all of the wrong places And, and I remember you know God got a hold of me very dramatically and I remember early on in my my faith I was like man how could God possibly love me like, if he, if he knows everything about me, and he knows my past, and he knows my brokenness, and he knows all of these things about me, how could a holy God, a righteous God, love me? And I don't know about you, maybe you've felt this way, like, in my life, the things that I've done, maybe I'm holding on to something, but how could God possibly love me? And then I would come to things like First Corinthians 13, the Bible, and I'd be like, I'm none of those things, right? I'm not even one of those things. And so, again, how could a God, a holy God, love me this way? And I remember, you know, wanting to give up at times in my faith, but I also remember being like, I don't want to go back into my past. I don't want to be held captive by the things that I've done. And, those, and so I just I pressed into God. I'd looked for love everywhere else, and I was going to go after God. And, you know, I, I remember reading in Scripture this passage that just grabbed my heart, and I remember the, the moment I read this Scripture that it literally just changed everything about me. I mean, I felt the agape love of God like I'd never felt it before. And it was amazing, and I'm going to share that scripture with you. It was in 1 Corinthians, and and it was something so powerful. I'm sorry, 1 John 4, 9, and 10. It says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we, listen to this, that we might live through him. Nothing that I could do, nothing that I could ever be, but he proactively sought me out, and he gave his son for me so that I might live, so that I might have life in him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And you see, this this last sentence is so powerful and and I didn't really even understand it as I do now, but this atoning sacrifice for our sins means he doesn't just forgive, he paid a penalty for that sin and he will always pay the penalty for that sin in my life. That's love, that's agape love, that's unconditional love. And you know, I think here's what God wants us to understand, that he loves us in this way. And so when we know that about God, when we feel that love and when we know that that's who he is and we see what he's done on display, we can then come to 1 Corinthians 13 and we can see it clearly on display through Jesus Christ on the cross. Listen, what it says here. in in the very beginning, love is patient, love is kind. I mean, I think of Jesus and what he did. Jesus demonstrated love and patience when he was brutally mocked and tortured. He was led to the cross. And listen, he didn't say a word. He didn't say a single word. He humbly went to the cross, and he died a very humble, humiliating death. And he did that for us. That's the demonstration of love being patient and kind right? Love doesn't boast. It isn't proud. You know, Jesus, God, God in the flesh, stepped from the confines of heaven and came to earth. He left glory and came to humanity, and he came here, and he, he came in the most humble way, mind you. He was born in a stable, in a manger of all things. Emmanuel, God fleshed us. He took on humanity so that he can be in relationship with us. He washed his disciples' feet. The king of glory washed his disciples' feet, and again, he died a, a sinner's death on the cross, a death that we deserved. Love doesn't keep any records of wrongs. You know, think if Jesus kept our wrongs against us. Just think about that for a minute. Everything that we've done in our life, don't, don't spend your time doing that. You're going to spend your entirety of your time. But he forgave every single one. and He didn't just say, I forgive you, but he demonstrated it when he went to the cross. And He didn't just say, I'm doing this to forgive you. In fact, what he did, the Bible says that he took our sins on his shoulders, He took the weight of our sin, the penalty of our sin, which is death, and he died so that we would be forgiven forever, so that we could be in an eternal relationship with the living God. We see that love always perseveres. God's love never, ever, ever fails. It never fails, and it never will. And so you would say, well, okay, well, what does that that mean for me? Like, what what does that mean for me in my life? Well, I think what that means is that we can experience a love that surpasses every understanding of what love is. What culture says, what what the media says, what anybody says about love, we can experience it through the living God. The living God who created heaven and earth wants to be in relationship, personal relationship, a loving relationship, an unconditional self-sacrifice. Official agape love kind of relationship with us. And so if you haven't done that, you have the opportunity to do that. You know, the Bible says because of sin, we're separated from God. But he, he wanted to be in a relationship with us. So even at the very beginning, Genesis chapter three, when we sin, when sin entered the world, God had a plan to restore our relationship with him. And that was through Jesus. You see, that love is on display through the cross, through Jesus Christ and his son. If you're looking for love, if you're lost, or if you're longing for that kind of love, it's here for you today. The Bible says that all we have to do is believe that, that he is God, that he defeated death, and that he did that for us. And when we believe that and confess and repent in our hearts uh, that, we, that we are sinners, that we have gone our own way uh, instead of God's way, the Bible says that we can then be in relationship with him. And it takes it a step further. It says that when we do that, he takes residence in us. The living God lives in his people so if you haven't done that today, we'll have pastors and leaders up here afterwards who would love to share that, uh, how to do that with you today. And so I think, you know, we, we, we think of all these things. We think, man, God, we, God you are so loving and so kind. And, and we look at our relationship with him and we think, man, this is so powerful. This is so amazing. And, and I love this. And I love that I can have this relationship with God. And we just kind of stop there. But it's more than that. You see, we have a responsibility then to then not only just experience that love, but we are called. we're commanded to give that kind of love. and that's really our last point today. Agape love, Agape love, calls us. It compels us to love others as Christ has loved us. Now, I think there's something really interesting in Scripture. The Apostle John, uh, he was with Jesus when he was teaching, and he was kind of roaming and doing healing and miracles, and he saw God on display through Jesus. And, and he says something in his, one of his first writings. He wrote a couple of books, but we come to it in, in the book of John, and, and we read about it in John chapter 1, verse 18. And it says this, it says, No one has ever seen God. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is Jesus, the unique one who is Himself God, is near to the Father's heart. And listen, He has revealed God to us. You see, Jesus is God in the flesh. He is Emmanuel. He is God in the flesh. Now, God back in the back in the Old Testament and in the days before, He spoke to people, but He spoke to people through His prophets. He showed up mysteriously to to specific people of Moses and Abraham. But no one ever saw God. But here's how much God loved us and how much he wanted to be in relationship with us. He makes himself available. He makes himself known to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And so we have a tangible, visible kind of understanding of who God is because of Jesus. And we think, wow, that is so amazing. But listen, it doesn't just stop there. Because if you read in another one of John's writings, we get to uh, uh, 1 John verse 4, 4, 12, it's, or chapter 4 verse 12. It says, no one has ever seen God, right? Does that sound familiar? That's what we read in, in John chapter 1. But it says, if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. Now please, please don't miss this. You see, yes, God, we love you, we want to be in relationship with you, we want to be accepted to who you are, but it doesn't stop there. Because listen, this is so powerful, this is so humbling, and this is so honoring. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, what this is saying is that when we experience God's love, we can give the invisible God to people around us. The God's love through us, he wants to use us, the living God wants to use us to point people to him. And the way that he does that is by us expressing our love to other people. And you see, we get to this point in our life where it's like, okay, you know, the Bible says love God and love others. Now, when I get to the love God part, that's super easy. Because, I mean, God's giving, he's free, and he's forgiving and all these things. But but you want me to love others? Well, that's where I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit, right? Right. You want me to love people with this kind of self-sacrificial love? Like, if you knew my relationship, you wouldn't expect me to love that way. If you knew how my spouse treated you, you wouldn't expect me to love that way. Like, if you knew about my relationships, you wouldn't expect me to love this way. You want me to love my enemies? You want me to really do that? Especially someone who loves Tom Brady? Like, you really want me to love someone like that? That just came in. I'm bitter. I'm bitter still. I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan. But when it comes to... When it comes to this understanding of love, I think it's really easy to say yes, God, I want. But no, God, I don't want to give. No, God, I don't I don't want to reciprocate what you've done for me. But listen, we love because God loved us first. We love, we agape love because God loved us first. I mean, think of all of the things that Jesus has forgiven you and me for. And did he did he stop before the cross and say, "No, I'm not going to do this?" No. He knew that we needed agape, unconditional, self-sacrificial love. And listen, this isn't just, this isn't just a, a, a you should do this. This is a command. Jesus said this. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. No greater love is this that he would give, lay down his life for his friends. Jesus is calling us. He is compelling us to give this kind of love to those in our life, to be self-sacrificial, to be unconditional with our love regardless of what has happened. And I know that is so hard. And I know that is so difficult. But listen, you would say, well, how how am I supposed to do this? Well, I would say most importantly is that you would seek God's face and that you would ask him for that power. Because listen, loving others isn't natural. It's supernatural. Loving others isn't natural. It takes God. It takes his love. It takes his understanding. It takes his agape for us. Our capacity to love other people is dependent on how we've received this agape love of God and how we understand this agape love of God. We can love others because God first loved us. We can forgive others because God first forgave us. We can put other people before ourselves and begin to try to see things from their perspective because Jesus stopped at nothing. He laid his life down for us on the cross. And when we experience that, we're called to give that to other people. I want to end with this. It says in Philippians 2, 5a, in your relationships with one another, this is kind of like the, the cliff notes to life or the roadmap to life. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. He could have said no. He could have said, no, I'm not gonna do this, I'm God. <laughs> but instead he humbled himself. We go on to read that, that he made himself nothing, From king of kings and lord of lords, he came into this world and took on humanity by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. Listen, this is humility. This is agape. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Think, who is it that we need to share our agape love with today? Who is it that we need to forgive Who is it that we need to show unconditional love? Who is it that we need to to lower ourselves, to humble ourselves, to lower our pride and say, this is about you? Who do we need to do that with today? Take it a step further. Who is it that you need to show the love of God to so that they can experience the invisible God? I mean, that is is so humbling and so honoring. And my hope is that you would say, God, you've loved me this way. Now I'm called to share that same kind of love with others. You know, again, our culture has distorted love It comes and goes. It's fleeting. It can be changed and shipped by emotions and feelings and circumstances and all of these things. But agape love goes deeper than all of those things. It's deeper than culture. It's deeper than language. It's deeper than anything at all. And it is displayed by the love of Jesus Christ for us. Please do not leave here without experiencing that love today. And we want to encourage you to come back the next couple of weeks as we see how this love then impacts every other love that we see in God's word. Let's pray. Oh, Father, words can't even begin to express the love that you have shown us, the love that you display for us. God, I'm so grateful that that you chased me down and that you're chasing us down, that God, you're even here in this room today, and so wherever we're at in our relationship with you, God, you're calling us to take the next step. Your word says in Revelation, Chapter 3, verse 20, that, that, that here I am, I stand at the door and knock. Whoever opens the door, I will come in and share a meal with them as friends. God, you want that kind of relationship with us. And so, God, would you begin to speak to the hearts of your people, those who need to receive your love today. We love you and we honor you. We thank you that your love, agape love, was displayed in action by what you did for us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.